Hello, lovely people. How are you? I hope you're good and welcome to this bonus episode. I love this conversation so much. Well, I just couldn't wait until the next series to share it with you. Let me introduce you to the incredible and wonderful Renee Elliott. I still came out with physical, you know, residue from the stress that my body endured through that time. And if I hadn't taken really good care of myself, which is one of the things I really teach now, care of self first and how critical that is, even though it can be counterintuitive for women. You you can't be who you want to be in the world and live your purpose and your dream if you're not feeling great. Renee Elliott has for a long time believed anything is possible, but she didn't know what her own purpose was until she went to a health food store in Boston and her love of learning and passion for health led her to create the first organic supermarket in the UK, Planet Organic. Renee went on to build a multi-million pound brand. She had no business experience and she learned everything she needed to on the job. In this conversation, she talks about the twists and turns, the struggles and the wins in a story I'm sure you'll agree is worthy of a Hollywood film. And if that isn't enough, Renee is now helping others to create their happiest lives too, passing on everything she'd wish she'd known when she was starting out. Her second business, Beluga Bean, is a business and life skills academy. And this is how I met Renee, as she's been helping me with my flower pot work with my books and this podcast. Renee believes we all have everything we need within us. And when we can truly start being ourselves and letting go of our fears, this is where the magic begins. She tells us how we can find self-belief, work out what our own passion is, and she tells us why she's holding her first ever retreat, bringing women together. Renee is funny, kind, thoughtful and honest. She's been helping me such a lot since I met her, which is why I'm so delighted now to be able to introduce her to you. Hello and welcome to The Next Chapter by Ellie Barker. The idea behind this podcast is that as I start my next chapter from journalist to author, I speak with some incredible people who've already started their next chapters in the hope it might help you with your next chapter, or at the very least, you'll just enjoy the conversation. So here she is, Renee Elliott. Renee Elliott, I am... I can't quite believe I'm saying this because I, <laughs> I I plucked up the courage to ask you a bit sooner than I planned. But just welcome to the next chapter by Ellie Barker. I am just delighted to have you with me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ellie. It's so great to be here. I'm very excited. Yeah. Well, we will talk about how we met sort of later on in the podcast. But we start as ever, Renee, with the prologue. So you grew up in Mississippi and you say that you're kind of a small town girl. That's what you say. And you're the youngest of four children. Yes. So I was I was born in the Deep South. My mom is from was from New Orleans and her whole ancestry is there. But we moved around a lot as kids. So I was number four. So my siblings were always trying to tell me what to do, which I hate. And <laughs> we moved around from we went Mississippi, Texas, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts by the time I was 10 okay. and then settled there. And then I moved to England um, when I was 21. So okay. m- moved around a lot. Okay. So what I know that your mum was a great cook and your dad was very much into the outside and always encouraged you to, to plant and weed and that sort of thing. What did your parents do for livings? So my mother was a homemaker 
And my father was an electrical nuclear engineer, not wow. nuclear weapons, but nuclear power. But you can see why I ended up in the organic um, sustainability yeah. <laughs> arena. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And because you're, you're, you, so you're, the, like you say, you're youngest of four being bossed around. And they were all very much, they went into sort of very much professions, didn't they? I think your brother was an engineer, your sister was a nurse, but you were at school. And I love this about you, Renny. You said that basically when, as a student at school, you just felt you had to learn everything, which knowing you, I, this comes as no surprise <laughs> now, but you just basically just, just learnt everything. Well, it's funny you should say that because there are disciplines where this is true, where in order to learn something, you have to learn every single element of it. You can't have anything that's misunderstood or that isn't understood at all. But I kind of thought that as a child. So in all of my subjects, if I didn't understand anything, I would go to the teacher after class or I would arrange to go after school and ask for help because I thought you were supposed to understand everything about everything. So the problem was, I, I was a straight A student and I loved everything. So when it came time to go to university, I had no idea what to study or what I possibly wanted to be because I really enjoyed everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's no bad thing, is it? It's no bad thing. And not, I'm sure many uh, listeners now, I know they've got teenage children all struggling with their GCSEs <laughs> and that. So to hear this, I'm probably thinking, oh, Rene. But I mean, how lovely. And But actually, we will go on to talk about this. But this is very much, I know, part of your philosophy that we can all learn anything. It's within us to learn anything. And you were doing this at a very early age. Mm, I believe that you can learn anything. I believe that everyone can do anything, that anyone can do anything, that the only limiting factor is our thoughts. And we may talk about that later. But I think I also believe that you have everything inside of you that you need to do whatever you want to do. But a lot of people sadly aren't taught that don't or don't know that or perhaps don't believe it. But I absolutely believe it. And I know it to be true. And when you look at the people in the world, and there are many who do extraordinary, incredible, amazing things, they're not different to you and I. They're the same. It's just they've gotten out there and they've done it and they have self-belief or a great support team or both. And they've managed things that we consider to be extraordinary, but everyone has that potential. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so liberating and fascinating, which we will go on to talk about. But going back to you, Rene, so you did, you went off to, as we, well, the equivalent of our university, and you did uh, English, and you, but you did a, that was your major. And then you also, there was a minor of Spanish, but then you were also um, interested in health as well, which was a turning yeah, so point. That, yeah, that started um, at the beginning because, well, my mom was an incredible cook. Um, she wasn't really interested in health. She was interested in flavor, but it was home cooked food. So there was this, you know, very healthy upbringing. My dad, as you referenced, he made us kids help and do most of the work for about a 30 foot square (laughs) vegetable garden, which we had to plant and weed and prune and learn about. And then I had one sister who was a microbiologist and another who was studying to be a nurse. And so there was talk around the table of not so much illness, but kind of disease and accidents and medicine and that whole arena. So that was kind of always there. But I I had this interest in health. So I did it in America. You can do a minor, which is a smaller concentration of subjects of um credits in a subject. So I did a minor in health. And that was quite pivotal 
for the work I've done later in my life. Yeah, because you that's where you I mean when you think Renee, I mean, you know, I'm not saying it was that long ago, but it was a it was at a time where I mean I I know <laughs> it was that long ago. It was not that long ago. But at the time, and I would imagine, I mean, it was certainly the same here in the UK. I mean, I grew up as a child of the 70s, and actually my mum was very, very health conscious. But I remember that she was a little bit different. You know, there was still very much frozen foods. There was a lot of that going on, and she always cooked everything from scratch. But mm. there wasn't quite the awareness that there is now. So you were sort of really, and, and you, it, as part of your course, you started to really see, and again, now we talk about it as second nature, but it wasn't the same then, you know, the whole you are what you eat. But you really were starting to see that how this goes back to what you eat as a child. It, things can come and catch you up in your 50s and 60s. And you really were making this link right back then. Yes, because when I... Well, it was interesting because it was it was a health minor and you could choose certain subjects. But the first class I remember doing was intro because it was all intro, you know, first year at Uni in America. It's all very general. I think it's much deeper here, but it was intro to gerontology. And I'm not even sure I knew what that was, no. but it was the study of... I, I do now, to be honest, Renee. <laughs> but it sounded like I should do it. <laughs> it was the study of growing old and the diseases that afflict okay. you. Okay. And it's all the things like cancer and diabetes and heart attacks and arthritis and all that stuff. And what the course started to show me was that all of those diseases start in your formative years. And we know now, because this course was quite a while ago, it actually starts in utero. It starts with the nutrition you're getting as soon as you're forming in the womb. So that link for me was really powerful because I realized that you could, and I could see this around me, because although we weren't allowed like Coca-Cola and that kind of junk, other kids were. And I thought you can eat and drink bad food for a long time and feel okay, because mm -hmm. the body is amazing. Our bodies are absolutely incredible. But it hits you when you hit sometimes 40s, definitely 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And I thought, wow, you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to honor your body and respect your body and give it the best possible fuel so that when you get to those years, you're still vibrant and vital and having a ball. And, um, and it so amazes me when people don't get the link that you are what you eat. I'm like, what? Yeah. What else? are you? Yeah. You are only what you put in your mouth. That is the fuel that your body has to repair, recover, fuel. You know, it's just, you need to give it like a car. You need to give it the best possible fuel that you can, because you want this to take you into a great, ripe old age feeling fab. Mm. Uh, well, this is what you went on to do. So, so then, so you left university and you went travelling. And I do love this, Renee. You were actually <laughs> in in lovely London, close to home, shall we say, when you sat next to a very important person. So it would turn out to be on the night bus. I mean, like uh, we we will talk about the universe, but this was the universe. I mean, my goodness. And so, did you this? This, so would you like to tell the listeners who you sat next to on the night bus? <laughs> well, I didn't even sit next to him. I talked him onto the bus, oh. which is even funnier. <laughs> so I was on the bus with my sister and a girlfriend, and we'd gotten on in Trafalgar Square on the night bus, and it went one stop to Lower Regent Street, and the door opened, and there was this tall, dark, and handsome man standing outside. And he, he asked where the bus was going. It wasn't going exactly 
exactly where he wanted it to go. It wasn't going exactly where we wanted it to go. I was a young, I was a 20-year-old American. I had no idea where I was. So we're like, please get on the bus because we don't know where we're going. And you could you help us at the other end because we're trying to get here or wherever. And he said, oh, yeah, I know where that is. So he got on the bus. And this is the man I have been with for 38 years, nearly. Oh, uh, <laughs> Renee. Brian, bus guy. Brian, um, yeah, bus my guy. husband, Brian. Brian, um, Renee, I'm going to have to put that in one of my books. You do know that as a romance. No. I mean, I'll, I'll call you something <laughs> a bit different. Hilarious. I'll call you Bob and Brené. But <laughs> you're on the bus. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. And there you were. And did you just did you just have a connection? Sorry, I won't go too because this is going off the point. But did you just have like a real connection with him on the bus? I mean, how did you stay in touch from that bus journey? Well, the, it was one of those old buses where the four seats at the front faced each other. Mm, oh, yeah. They didn't face the front of the bus. They faced the, the aisle. So we were sat, the four of us, chatting the whole hour bus journey, and no one else even got on the bus. So we talked the whole way to our destination. At the other end, he got out and, you know, this kind of dates it, but he went into a phone box and called a taxi for us <gasps> to get us to where we were going. And we had agreed to meet in a pub a few nights later. So I spent a little time getting to know him and then went off traveling with my sister. But I didn't want to let it end. I thought this is something more. So I, um, you know, because people talk about holiday rom romance. Oh, it's a holiday. I thought, no, it's, I think it's more than that. So, but it wasn't instant. It took me a little while but after I'd spent some time with him I thought no this is something more than that and because I had no idea what to do having graduated I was nearly graduating from university I thought this I can spend two years abroad I can come live in England for two years and date him and put off having to figure yeah. out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life yeah so that was quite a good plan oh and so then you came back to England did you and then you you did you live near him Yes. Well, I went back and finished. I had a year left at university, so I finished my degree, and then I moved to England. And we lived together for a little while, but I I wanted to be independent, so I I I then moved all the way um, to East Twickenham at the time. I had a, I got a job in um, on a magazine on wine magazine, so I wanted to be independent and you know have him date me, not have the convenience of me in his house, yeah. which Quite didn't right, feel really. right. Quite, quite right and it clearly worked and then actually so then you eventually you two went off and did something I mean this was going to change your life so you went to America and you did a six-month self-development course I mean six months as well and again I mean this is something I feel is more current today but I I mean this was a I think it was a, an enormous thing that you did and it clearly changed everything for you it did change everything and so we'd done a weekend with this couple from America and it was called the LRT. And they, it was that weekend for me was transformational because honestly, Brian had asked me to marry him and I said, no, I'm not ready yet because I could already see patterns of behavior in the relationship that I didn't want. And, you know, I could see other couples around me, you know, the parents of, my parents and my friend's parents. And I thought, I don't want that. I don't want that kind of relationship. So, but he and I had done a weekend about how you can change patterns, how you can know yourself and learn how to manage yourself with tools and techniques. And after that weekend, I said to him, I'll marry you. 
So we were married later that year. And then the couple who'd run the pro because they were from Connecticut, the couple who'd run the program in London said, we're doing, we do a six month program. And they said, it's the last one we're doing. And we thought, you know, that weekend was pivotal. What would six months be like? And it was, it was six months of living in self-awareness. And the two tools that they used were A Course in Miracles, which I used to mention nobody had ever heard of. Now people say, oh, yeah, A Course in Miracles, and Rebirthing, which is a very powerful conscious connected breathing technique. Mm -hmm. And we did this program, which did absolutely change my life and gave me, I believe, the courage to, the final courage I needed to, to, decide to open a chain of organic supermarkets in the UK because my dad had always given me courage and self-belief. But this program that we did was the final thing I needed to think I can do anything. Is that because it made you sort of go kind of deeper within yourself? Was it so sort of the work was so intense? It was you were kind of like this is this is you were getting to the heart of who you really are or were. That's part of it. And it was looking at every area of your life. So it was examining your relationship with everything in your life, you know, with money, with God, with sex, with your parents, with success, with your physicality, everything. It was looking at everything in your and cleaning those up and learning about wrong thinking, about wrong decisions that we make, where they come from, how to manage those day to day so they don't rule you you know rule your thinking and it was very freeing you know and it wasn't about you're doing this all to yourself you have to beat yourself up it was you're doing this all to yourself which means you can free yourself from all of this which is very it's completely empowering I felt free and and able in my magnitude is how they used to talk about it they'd say if you're not in your magnitude you're in your littleness you know you're being a small person and you're holding yourself back Mm. and this made me feel and not in an egotistical way but it made me feel I could dream a dream and bring that to reality Mm. well like like you say it gives you freedom doesn't it it gives you absolute freedom and we'll go on again yeah we'll go on to talk about this but this is something I mean I I mean obviously you can anyone listening can hear why I do work with you Renee uh, because it's just (laughs) I mean oh it's just incredible but it is a freedom that we can all find we might say now oh but we've got children and we've this and this and this but you strongly believe anyone at any time can find this which we will come on to do so but then so you you, um, uh, you were out, I, I think you, was it in, were you in America or was it in the UK where you saw your first organic supermarket kind of place where it had therapy rooms and you thought, hang on, this is, this is what I can do. And then your sister said to you about a place in Boston called Bread and Circus, I believe to say yeah. like, come here. So this is, this is how it all began, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was while we were on the six month program. So Brian and I were staying um, on this tiny island in Connecticut. It was beautiful. Mm. And we decided to, we were told by the trainer to take the time off because we'd been working so hard and we had left our jobs to go out there. And most people were working and doing the program. He said, you too, take it off. So we were just having a great time. And part of my thing was cooking and shopping. And, and I saw this amazing store, health food store, with a cafe, kitchens, tables and chairs, treatment rooms. I'd never seen anything like it in England. And what I knew at that point was I knew that I didn't want to be told what to do, which came from, I think, my siblings and my first job in the UK. So I thought I want my own company. And I knew that I had to love it and have, because I'm a passionate person. And I, if I didn't love it, it, I would, you know, I'd shrivel up and die. And 
that I didn't want it to be conventional life, that I wanted it to be um, about better, about better food, better living, better relationships, because that's always been my striving. I, I think I don't want the ordinary. I want the extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So when I was going into this health food store, I thought, wow, this is people who want better. They want better food. They want, they're going for treatments I'd never heard of. They don't want to go get a pill or a drug from the doctor. They want to make themselves better. They don't want to be made better by drugs. They were going for Reiki and Gestalt and acupuncture and, and other things I'd never even heard of. So I thought this is really cool. So it, it appealed to me. And then the whole food thing made sense to me because food had been such a strong golden thread through my childhood from both of my parents. So then, yes, my sister said, if you're thinking of that, doing that here or in England, go and see Bread and Circus in Boston. And Bread and Circus was a jewel of a small organic and natural food supermarket chain owned by a private individual in the Boston area. And Brian and I went to one in Newton and walked around and it was extraordinary. It was 30,000 square feet, so not, not tiny. Mm. We walked up and down the aisles and I was probably mouth open. You know, it was so beautiful. I'd never seen anything like it. Completely different environment, completely different products. And when we got to the end of the store, I turned to him and I said, this is what I want. And I want it so bad my stomach hurts. Mm -hmm. And I knew it. It was such a physical response to that. But I wasn't going to do it there because it had been done there. You know, you had bread and circus, you had Whole Foods had already been going for a long time. So I we went back to England and I decided to try that yeah oh well you did more than try that I mean and that again just goes to show Renee doesn't it that you know that it's that feeling isn't it and that combined everything that you you had your interest in health food the the awareness that you'd done the or you could bring it all together and it is possible to do this we can bring all our loves and passions together mm -hmm. and a lot of people think oh I just go to work and oh that's the right thing to do and I'll just do that nine to five but you don't have to do it like that you can mm -hmm. and and you can have financial rewards as well so anyway so so but before we get on to all that so moving on then but what I love about this story is that you didn't just say okay I'm going to do this and take out a big loan or, or something like that you you went to work in um, the only kind of what well, was the main organic place at the time, wasn't it? Wild Oats in Westbourne Grove. And yeah, you went to work there, like you know, for three pound fifty an hour in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell my life story. You know it all. I do. I've been following you, Renee. Be warned. Be warned. Oh, well. It, the interesting thing: it wasn't organic then. It was a. It was the biggest health food store in England. And I went to him and I said, I'm very honest. You know, I believe, I always believe in absolute honesty. I went to him and I said, look, I want to open a chain of organic supermarkets. I'm looking at Bread and Circus, which he knew he'd been to the States. And I said, but I don't have any experience. Can I work, you know, give us a job. Can I work in your shop? And he said, do you have health food experience? And I said, well, I did a, I did a degree in health, um, a, a minor in health as part of my degree. I don't know how it's not cutting edge nutrition, but it's, I have information. And he said, have you worked in retail before? And I said, no. And he said, have you managed staff before? And I said, no, but I just did this great personal development course. And I think my communication is pretty good. So he said, um, he let me follow him around. He said, I'm going to come, his manager had just left. So he said, I'll come on the shop floor and manage and you can follow me around for three months and we'll see if you're can good enough to become 
manager. So he did, and I was. And after three months, I became manager. <laughs> that comes as no surprise, Renee. No surprise. But the really the best thing about it too was he was opening, he was extending downstairs. He had been constructing this or clearing out this other part because the shop was already on a couple of levels. And he cleared out this room, and he said, "This is going to be the organic room." And I didn't even know what that was. No. I was like, what's organic? So I started learning and I learned so much on that job and I did it for a couple of years. And it was, um, and I knew for the first time in my life, I was in the right place doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. I thought this is it. I have come home what an <laughs> and amazing. I loved it. Oh. I loved every part of it. What an amazing feeling and learning. And that is not lovely to do something like that when you had in mind what you wanted to do. And then, you, but you went, because what often what a lot of us do is we think, okay, and we'll start it without actually just going basically right at the, well, you know, on the shop floor, literally on the shop floor mm. and saying, because we all think we think we know what we want, but you actually did it and saw all sides of it. Um, and it's, you know, it's like people that hear that, you know, open big hotel chains and start off working like in a deli because you just, you just get the feeling of all, all yeah. rounds of it, don't, don't you? And also I yeah. know, I know something that was really important to you that you'd read Anita Roddick's book, which I think this is really important. And I think even more amazing that you went on to meet her as well. But your <laughs> whole thing about going into business, not only then were you ready to go into business, but it was all about being like, as you described her she was sort of very soft and sweet but powerful and using your femininity so you were going to go into this world as yourself yes and part of that came from it's funny you mentioned that I I had a conversation with my mom who she'd worked before she got married and she ended up again probably starting as a secretary and then running a, a branch of General Motors in America for a wow. short time before she got pregnant. And so she'd worked a bit and she knew what that world was like. And when I was talking about starting a company, she said, she asked me if I was worried about being a woman in a man's world in the supermarketing industry in the UK. And and if she, and if I thought I would therefore have to be act in a certain way or not be myself or be masculine or harsh or whatever, and I said, yeah, I'd probably, yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a doggy dog world out there. And she said, don't. She said, embrace your femininity. Use that as a strength. See what that enables for you in the world. And here was a woman whose ancestry was in the South, which was, you know, big hoop skirts and big hair and feminine wiles and very feminine um, women. So that was so my mom to mm. say that. She was such a Southern belle. Mm. So I took that and I wove that into the values of Planet Organic right from the start because I wanted it to be a feminine, nurturing, caring business because that's who I am. So I just decided from the get-go that was going to be part of our values, part of how we ran the business in terms of everything that we did. Mm -hmm. And this is the, what you, it's all about, isn't it? You start off, it's with these values. It's, it's, everyone thinks it's to do with a, a, you know, a, a spreadsheet and numbers, yeah. that, which, which I've learned it isn't because due to a very good business coach. Um, but it's, uh, it, it is these values at the big, at the right at the root and then that from everything else, it grows from there. And so I think you were, you, you basically you turned 30 and you're like, this is it. I'm, I'm ready to go now. Now you did it with a partner. Did you from the beginning do it with a partner or did you, you know, how did that all come about? Mm. 
So I started thinking I was doing it on my own. And I was doing, I was looking at shops and properties around East, around Richmond, because that's where I was living. And I was, I remember being out there with my girlfriend, Julia, we were doing market research on the pavement, asking questions and seeing if people bought health foods. And, you know, I was doing the research and starting the business planning. So I was, I was going, I was planning on doing it on my own. But then I, when I was working at Wild Oats, a guy, a kid came in and said, young guy, and said, ask to see the owner. And, um, and I said, let me, he's not here, I'll take your details. And the guy said, I'm going to start, I want to start a chain of organic supermarkets and I want to know if he wants to do it with me. Oh, okay. So I passed the message on to the owner of Wild Oats who didn't call him back. And then the guy called again and I, I asked the owner again, I said, are you going to get in touch with this guy? And he said, no, tell him I'm not interested. So then I said to the guy, I'm interested. I'm going to do, I'm going to open a chain of organic supermarkets. So we met and talked and that's how that story began that story began and so you then did you who came up with the idea planet organic the name the name yeah my sister oh because that because i remember it renee because i was a, when i was a runner at gmtv i'm sure i had to go there i can't think why oh, but i used to, i remember because it was where you got the organic you know it, it's still and this isn't that long ago but it was just a, and i and i just used to love the name planet organic and i'm like i'm off to planet organic <laughs> But um, so I probably served you. I was always you on, the did. on the shop floor. I probably helped you. Yeah. Yeah, it was my sister. And she's so proud of that. So delighted that she came up with the name. Yeah. Well, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. And so so it started. And I know, I mean, I think within the first year, I mean, it wasn't an easy ride, was it? it I mean, you did. It was just incredible. And you had people starting to come from all over and you realised that this was causing something. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it was more, um, I think, when there was the big beef crisis that that kind of came around so almost. It, you were there at the right time for that to sort of help people when they started to really get this awareness of what was going on with the food that they were eating. Yes, it was the first few months were really tricky. So we opened on November 4th and we didn't, people didn't flock to the store, which is what we thought would happen. How very dare they? And How very dare this, they? We'd have this big press party and no one, not that many people came and no, nothing much came out of it. And as you said, I'd read Anita Roddick's book, Body and Soul, and she didn't advertise because she said advertising is for junk products. And I thought she's right. If you look at all the advertising, I mean, now there are some great brands who advertise, but very few. The majority, I'd say 95% of the advertising you see is for rubbish products where they're trying to convince you something's worth having or eating or using so she didn't advertise and i thought well i agree with her i'm not going to advertise um but of course then knew no one knew we were there and what we did is we got we hired a pr company because i knew we had such a great story to tell we had so much to talk about about organic food about health food about health and nutrition and biodiversity and sustainable agriculture and community and if we could get our story out, then I, I really believed we would find success. So we hired a PR company in December when I thought we were going down. I thought, okay, it's all over at this point. It was awful. And the PR company started in January. And then in February, it was the first big BSA scare. And it was what we needed. It was a food scare that woke people up about to be to be conscious and to think about what they were eating and to not trust that people were looking after their best interests. And I'm a trusting person, 
but it was when I was 19 doing this degree that I realized the food manufacturers, the farmers, the government, they're not looking after your health. You have to look after your health and you have to do your own research to look after your health. And that is a huge message because often people read rubbish in the papers or listen to it on the radio and they take it as read or on TikTok or wherever. And I say, do your own research, please know that you're making a good decision. So it was about getting our story out about the truth about food and farming because people have a very romantic idea about what farming is and the reality is it isn't like that at all. So we needed to tell the story about organic and with BS with the BSE scare and people reaching for a better alternative, they reached for organic meat. And although I was um, vegetarian, we had a full service organic meat counter because I believe in better everything. And it was organic British Soil Association certified meats. And we took off on the back of that meat counter and that food scare. And then later that year, there was another, there was the E. coli scare mm. in eggs and we sales jumped again. So we went, we did 1.2 million our first year out of one store. And our second year, we doubled to 2.4 million, which was unbelievable. But as you said, we were pulling people from all over the country because we were the Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of people used to say to you, didn't uh, they? Oh, but, you know, when you were starting out, well, don't do this because the giant supermarkets will overtake you <laughs> and all this kind of, which you didn't listen to quite rightly. But I mean, you were very brave to do that. But And then look, it showed, I mean, you're at the beginning of something which today is still, you know, it's still a, a massive fight for people. And you were there at the very beginning. It was brave and naive. <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And if I'd known what I know now, I may have never done that. It's the same thing about having children, though. You think, <laughs> oh, my God, no one told me this. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> I wouldn't have not done it. But, yeah, you know, when I started Planet, I was a, I'd been an English major at school. I didn't know anything about business. I'd worked in a shop. Um, I, I, did, I was in a Harvard business school. And it was years before I would call myself an entrepreneur. I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a shopkeeper. And mm -hmm. people would say, you're an entrepreneur. And I was like, what? Shut up. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Mm -hmm. You know, just to wear that coat felt really strange for me because I wasn't. I was a small town girl who had a dream and opened a shop with a guy. Yeah, yeah you did. You did. I And... And so staying staying with that now, and, and I'm sorry to talk about it because it isn't very nice, but then you did have a real problem. And I, I just do want to talk about it because knowing what you overcame, make it, overcame makes it even more special. But so he basically one day said he wanted you out of the business. And then so began this ginormous David and Goliath battle. And this was your idea that you'd had for so long. Well, yes, and everyone loves to ask about this. It's okay. Sorry, Renee. So, <laughs> sorry, I am a journalist it, at heart. It would make <laughs> it would make a great film. Yeah, I'll tell you that it will. Um, so he had the same idea. It was his idea too. He had it from the west coast of America. I had it from the east coast. But he came when he came to me and said, "I don't want to work with you anymore. I want the company for myself. You can go." I again was so naive. I was like, "What?" But it's my baby. You know, if you're not happy, you go, which was so naive. And then he said, if you don't go, I'll sue you. I'll take you to court. I said, on what grounds? And then began this horrific journey of, I mean, just the worst thing I've ever been through. 14 months of litigation. And then a 10-day trial in the high courts. And those 14 months were horrible because I was in fear you know, they tried to, there were three male directors. And although we didn't tell anyone in the company what was going on, he told the other guys. 
and they tried to intimidate me out of the business and my partner stopped talking to me and we were we shared this very small about the size of this little office i have here office for those 14 months and he refused to talk to me and i am a believer in communication i think you can work things out as long as you tell the truth quickly and you're willing to take responsibility and and navigate through things but he refused to speak to me and he went to the lawyers so we went down this horrible path and it, i was i was very stressed um and i learned a lot from that you know i learned about care of self very much because if i even though i took amazing care of myself and i did that in many different ways i still came out with physical you know residue from the stress that my body endured through that time and if i hadn't taken really good care of myself which is one of the things i really teach now care of self first and how critical that is even though it can be counterintuitive for women you you can't be who you want to be in the world and live your purpose and your dream if you're not feeling great and that starts with taking care of yourself so that was one of the big lessons i learned at that time and the other was um trust your gut mm. because when i first met this guy i there was a little red flag that went up and i mm. thought mm, don't do it don't work with him do it on your own but my head said it'll be okay and that those words are a warning sign to me now if my heart saying run and my head saying it'll be okay you know justifying it making it okay i i walk away mm. but it he was going to bring easy connection to finance to make the big chain idea much easier for for us and that was appealing to me so i thought no it'll be okay um so those were the two things i learned but what happened in the end is we went to trial i won he lost and the judge ruled in my favor three things had to happen which was amazing and then i had said to my husband please come work with me bus guy brian i said i don't That's trust right, anyone I'm, we trust him we, we trust him Renee. we trust I him trust no him. red flag there <laughs> so we worked together we ran planet together for 10 years after that yeah yeah i mean yeah again so i'm so sorry to, i just felt you just just for the listeners knowing the full story because also what you go on to do and the fact that you have been through these times i love there was i heard you say once that um you know i wasn't going to let i was i'm a straight a student i'm not going to let this beat me and you know I love that <laughs> oh, yeah. really and it was yeah. I mean you were there on your own and you were facing bankruptcy if you'd lost it, and yeah. it, you could easily anyone nobody would have blamed you for walking away and you didn't yeah. but what you learned about yourself through that and also I mean again somebody listening to this who is I mean obviously that was in a very extreme situation but when you are in one of those very very dark times like you say there you just to look after yourself and to also you know I know that you were very much you were going to go through this with some grace and integrity and you stuck to that and it must have been very easy at times to think do you know what I'm just going to say exactly what I think and here we go mm. but you didn't and that in the long run has really helped you hasn't it yes and it's funny because I actually coach on um, conflict resolution and separating partners and because it happens sadly and it's very awkward and difficult and one of the things I decided at the beginning as you say is they tried to make the litigation expensive and difficult for me really fast cuz he they knew i had no money i'd put what i had into planet i don't come from privilege so they tried to really make it awkward for me and i thought and i come from a family of fighters 
and it's not always a good thing. You know, there's, <laughs> you know I can tell some hair raising stories, yeah, but yeah. I thought, how do I want to go through, through this? And the question I ask people when they're in these difficult situations is, who do you want to be as you journey through this? So I asked myself that, and I thought, I want to maintain grace and dignity at all times so that when I come out of this, I'm never ashamed of what I've done or said or how I've behaved. And I didn't have a pity party. I didn't think, why me? Why is this happening? Poor me. I thought, okay, shit happens. You know, the universe will throw at you what you can handle. And, and then, and this is really about self-determination. So how you handle that and the choices you make are completely up to you. And I know there are people faced with difficulties who make a huge range of decisions. There's a, there's a spectrum from poor me, I give up to I'm going to fight and win and I'm a shining star and everything in between. And that is your choice. Mm -hmm. And some people say, well, I didn't have any choice and this happened and blah, blah, blah. And I was so depressed. And, and I think, okay, but that was your choice mm -hmm. because we cannot control what happens to us in life. We'd like to, maybe some things we can, but a lot that happens we can't control. And where your power lies or your agency is how you respond. Mm -hmm. That's where your power is. It's not stopping bad things from happening. It's how you respond to them, how you work through them, how you carry yourself through them, how you take care of yourself as you go through them. And I was very aware of that, and I very deliberately took care of myself, surrounded myself with a really great support team, and studied. So that's where the straight A student came in. I thought this trial is going to turn on the evidence and I'm a great student. And I read, and I've said this before and I'll say it again because this was my preparation. I read the Bhagavad Gita and I read Sun Tzu's Art of War. And the message I took from that, because people say, well, there are many messages in there, was know your enemy. And I knew him because I cared about him and I, I, I like people and I understand people and I used that and studied and prepared my documents and the trial turned on the documents. It turned on the evidence. Oh, Renee, it does have to be a film. It's going to be a oh, mission to God. get this into a film. <laughs> High I, drama and yes. some very funny moments in court as well. Yeah, I'll write the book. I'll write the book <laughs> and then we'll just get, we'll get it into the film. But um, yeah, so uh, I mean, I mean, just it's just incredible. And then so that, before we move on to what, what you did, I just want to ask, going back to what you said earlier, when you said about not advertising, how does somebody then, how would you say some, I know it's a big question, but how do you get to know about someone's product without <laughs> advertising in, in about 30 well, seconds, Renee. It's hard to say. And it's funnier than you think because this was in 1995. Mm. There was no internet. No. There was no social media. So people, you know, my, when I say that, my kids say, you, there was no internet when you <laughs> opened. It was like Little House on the Prairie, the olden days. And I say, well, no. <laughs> but we did. <laughs> it's so funny. But no Instagram. I, I, just had a mobile phone. I mean, it was just so, so, such a different time. So it was about then, I mean, now it's a completely different world, but then it was about editorial and it was about magazines and newspapers and that, you know, now it may not be, you may not want to be on social. I know a lot of women who don't want to do play that game, but then it's about how you creatively find other solutions. But it isn't the only way. And I never want to do what everyone else is doing look, mm. I want to find a different way. Mm. And it's, 
I, I always say, I'm not a sheep. I don't follow the crowd. And that's in what people do. And, and as I said before, I don't, I do my own research. I know what, I know what I want. I figure things out for myself. I don't say, oh, the government says this. I'm going to blindly follow that. I never go to the government for my health advice. And I know people who do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and again, it's so well, this then takes us on now to beluga bean. So you worked with your husband, which was great for 10 years. And then and then is that when you had your children, Renee? Was, is it, was it in that time that you had your children? Mm-hmm. So you had th- and you yeah. had three you had three children, uh, lovely gorgeous Late. children. Late, but you know, having I think originally you said you weren't going to have children, and there you are with three mm. gorgeous ones. Um, and then you decided to sort of come. I think sort of that you had shareholders by this stage, obviously due to what happened with the courts. But eventually it was time. Like, do you know what? I'm going to step away. But now what? is it that I'm going to do now? But what's amazing is you set up then Beluga Bean with with a different partner. And it's just so incredible how it takes you all the way back to those six months that you did with Brian in Connecticut on the island. I mean, just it's, and I think as he, and I'm taking away your story from you, but I think he said perhaps this, you know, Planet Organic meant took you to this place. And this is what you always believe. Yes. Everything takes you to the next place, which is just incredible. Yes. And this is where our paths met at Beluga Bean. Well, with you, because I heard your interview on the incredible conversations of inspiration with Holly Tucker. And still, I recommend anyone to listen to that. And the letter that you wrote to your young self as, oh, my God. Oh, it was just brilliant. I won't give anything away. It was just brilliant. And I felt like you were talking to me, Renee. And I felt like you were talking to me. And so, so... Uh, yes, yeah, so that's how we met. So the work you do there now is to it's 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 two sides. One boss, which is, is what I do with you, which is in business, but also very much like what you say, encouraging self awareness and helping people with their different sort of six pillars in life. That's the wrong way. I know I've said it, but helping people live the lives that they're supposed to live. Yes. So it's it's so interesting because. It's what I've realized is, you know, I love business and I love self-awareness and the two together go really well. So as you said, I teach a business planning course. Do you want me to talk about that a little bit? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. So I I teach a (laughs) business planning course, which you're doing. With my husband, but then we kind of sacked him, didn't we, Renee? Yeah, we got rid of him. (laughs) We we love him. but We we love him. It was a girl thing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And he wasn't so much into our spirit. If I say, I'll say no more. (laughs) Um, and, and that like, so as you said, a lot of people think business plan and I really, I'm a believer in a business plan before you start a business, when you're running a business, because for so many reasons, it creates clarity. You make a lot of decisions. It boundaries you, it gives you focus. It keeps forward momentum, but a lot of people hate business plans and it's not the kind of business plan I'm talking about. And a lot of people think financials. They just think about the financials. And as you said, I start with values. So bosses, 10 modules of business planning that can take place over, well, people do it weekly, every other week, or once a month, depending on, you know, some people do it when they're working a full-time job, creating a business they want to launch. And it is a deep dive into all of those modules. So values, workflow management, customer competition, brand, marketing, legals, logistics, team. It's a deep dive into all of those, but also paired with each of those modules is an element of personal discovery and self-awareness. So there are tools and tricks 
to encourage you to know yourself and to be able to manage yourself as you face this roller coaster of a journey that starting a business and running a business is. Because often, I work primarily with women, and often, well, I haven't met a woman yet who hasn't said, I have imposter syndrome. <laughs> and that's just another negative belief. So, and we handle beliefs, you know, we handle that with brain science and the reticular activating system. But there's no point in me working with you to develop a business plan that then you don't have the confidence to deliver. So what my motto is, you develop a robust plan that you are confident you can deliver. And we do that by working in this whole person way. So everything we do in Beluga Bean is a whole person process. I don't look at you just as an entrepreneur. You're a woman, you may be a mother, a wife, a, you may have other things going on in your life. So it's, it's looking, it's taking that whole person into account. And then be yourself, as you said, be yourself is a year long journey of transformational development. And it's, it's designed for one person or for a group in a company, but I love delivering it to couples. And it's not a couples program, but to take that journey with your partner and go through that journey of transformation together is very powerful. It's, I've had miracles and magic with it. And it is based, as you were saying, on what I learned on that six-month program. So it's looking at what I've see as six spheres in your life, six spheres of well-being. And the, the notion is know yourself. And there's a framework through these six spheres to do that, to get to know yourself very deeply in a way that I haven't met anyone yet who has done this before, so that you can be yourself. And then tools and understanding so that you can manage yourself within that. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, you walk away with a practice that you can use daily to keep you on track. And what you come away with is agency, calm, priority, joy. It is amazing. It's an amazing course. And it's the culmination of over 30 years of my working in personal development and Sam at Beluga Bean and all the work that's been the focus of his professional life too. And we've woven that into this course. So it is, so my work now is like eating candy. <laughs> Whereas Planet Organic was a roller coaster. I mean, that kind of business, that kind of startup in a in a very disruptive space is is a roller coaster. Mm, but it's like the soul, what you're doing now, it's and all those lessons that you've learned. And those six spheres, Renny, because this is what again, which this I mean you're you're helping me such a lot. And it's because I came to you saying, Oh, Renny, I can't do numbers. I'm not very good with numbers. I'm no good with money, money. And you're like, that's just you don't speak like that, Ellie. But also this whole whole um I mean, I do a little bit if I'm honest, Renny, but we're only we're not all the way at the end yet. I, I shouldn't really say that. But um <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's only because I know a few of my friends listen and they'll be saying, shut up, Ellie, you're always saying you're terrible with numbers. But um, you're, uh, when you say those six spheres, that it's this wholeness, isn't it, of a person? And though, can you say what those six spheres are? Yes. And the reason, the reason there are six and we're talking about well-being, but well-being is everything. Your life is about your well-being. And when I say well-being, a lot of people think either mental well-being and or physical. Those are the two that people think of. But really, your well-being, how you feel and how happy you are and how well you are is affected by every single thing in your life. So that has to be all scooped up in the well-being. So we start with physical, 
which divides into three elements. It's move, fuel, rest, because it's not one thing. And then it's occupational well-being, purpose and meaning at work. Then it's psychological well-being, healthy mind and emotions, economic well-being, which is good and strong finances. Then it's, where am I, E? Then it's S, social well-being, um, good relationships, good communication. And then spiritual well-being which is about your higher self, your higher nature. And that those six in your circle, which is what we set out, represents everything in your world. And it's about managing all of that day to day so that you're on purpose and on track. Because what happens is people, we have so much going on, and I include myself in that, that often we're just reacting to what's shouting the loudest but what we really need to do is be in touch with everything that's going on in our world and think, I actually need to spend half an hour with my daughter today. Or I actually just need to take two hours and write that report for work. You know, But it's about knowing where you need to place your attention because we're just constantly bombarded. Yeah. And it, and the awareness, which has helped me incredibly, and something, something that's helped me is like, when you say they even like when you say like with your friendships you don't realize the the effect that your friendships will have on your working life and it's because mm. we keep it all separate and i know you're very much this like we've spoken about it but like if there's um a negativity or certain if you're with people who it can be very negative negative and you're very strict about this renee aren't you you're just like <laughs> i mean i mean <laughs> some could say brutal some could say brutal. But, Some would say brutal. But I think, I mean, but look at what, it's it's what you want for your whole six spheres. It, this is, feeds into it, isn't it? So, and you it's, just say yeah. no to it, don't you? It's all energy. So everything in life is energy. Mm. We're energy. You know, everything is energy and energy is, is never created or destroyed. And there is bad energy. You know, there are people who are downers and who moan and it's it's energy sucking and I don't want that in my life and I really got clear on that through the litigation because I thought wow um, I can't have anyone say well it actually started when I was setting planet up because people would say "Ooh, you know the banks will kill you and the supermarkets will take over you and it's gonna be awful and I was like oh god yuck shut up I can't have that in my life it's sucking my energy and I thought if it goes wrong they're going to be saying I told you so and I'm going to be saying go away mm. so I just kind of clear those people out of my life and sometimes they're your family and you can't do that and I'm sorry for that <laughs> you know we have to make that work <laughs> but generally um, it's all about having that good energy and being being aware you know being aware that there are people who will drag you down hold you back Mm-hmm. And, and that's a choice that's yeah. your choice and and the people that you do somehow have to some and it could be your colleague as well but there is if there is a negativity do you have a way of just kind of just not just i suppose you're so sure in yourself these people just don't even come and because you they, they don't even touch your sides uh, yeah. yeah i don't attract them but mm-hmm. when i do sometimes find myself in the company of people like that i i am quite direct and and you know i call a spade a spade so sometimes people will say I don't know, they'll complain about something. Oh, you know, the government or, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, maybe, you know, we don't really know. Because the other thing I hate are assumptions. And those people often make lots of assumptions. Mm. And I'll say, do you know that? Mm. You know, did you hear that from a good source? Or you did you hear that in the press? You know, because you only know what you know. Mm. And other there's a lot of rumor and 
scandal and hyperbole, geez, floating around right now. Yeah. So I'll I'll just very gently, I'm not aggressive, say, you know, do you know that to be true? Or do you do you want to be upset by that? Because and just gently point that out because people people are often at the effect of what's going on. And a lot of what I teach is about awareness mm. so that you can make a different choice about being at the effect of something. Yeah. Sometimes we're at the effect of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also sometimes it's just a, it's just a, a bigger way of having a moan, isn't it? And like you say, we, we don't, it's negative energy and we don't. It's negative energy. It doesn't change anything. It. And I, you know, I've had friends, I had a friend who was such a complainer and I said, look, it's just exhausting. And you could complain all day, every day about something different because the world is a complicated and tricky place. But I, I really don't need to hear it. If you're going to do something about it, then great. You know, the farming and the quality of the food in England, which is where I was living at the time, really got me going, really pissed me off. So I did something about it. Mm. But otherwise, you know, don't don't just complain for the sake of complaining. Mm. It's exhausting. Mm. Yeah, quite right. You're out. <laughs> You've heard it then. And, and yeah. so, bring it off. So, um, now, and so on your to be continued, I mean, I know you're doing lots and lots of different things at the moment and you're, and I love this, it's so exciting, but you're, so one of the things you are doing is you're sort of moving away a little bit from the beluga beam, but it's the same type of thing. And it's, as you say, you work very much with women and you're doing a, a women's retreat. You're moving in, I think you're working with a, a friend and a women's tree. And this is really about women, you know, everything that we're talking about and I mean I'm sure we can do a whole nother episode just purely on this <laughs> now we've done the background but the fact of women you know really finding out who they are and you are going to help them do this yes um I'm so excited about this so this really is it is to be continued I like how you say that because the work I'm doing at Beluga Bean is my work and this is now growing from that and what's happened is I I love working with women. I love the mentoring, coaching, because my I think how different my life would have been if I had had a coach, you know, through Planet. I was yeah. a train wreck. Oh, <laughs> oh my mean. God. So I love that journey. But also, I think there's so many people who don't understand some of these basic ideas about care of self, about empowerment, about you can do anything. So I'm doing this with my girlfriend, Julia, who I referenced at the beginning. Mm. She's the one who was standing doing market research. And she was also the first <laughs> investor in Planet Organic. And she's my best girlfriend. Mm. And um, so she and I have come together to create a, a retreat and kind of a movement, I guess, if I can be that bold. And it has the organization has three pillars. The first is Nourish. And that's about really understanding care of self, which obviously is so core for me. Taking care of self, what that means, you know, routines and rituals you may do on a daily basis that, you know, I certainly didn't learn from my mom to nourish your body inside and out and how to embed new habits within that. Because often you go on a retreat, you get all this information, you're like, wow, that was great. And then you go home and nothing changes. Mm -hmm. So that will not happen. We will be teaching how to embed these practices that you want to carry forward into your life. So Julia does nourish. The second pillar is fulfill, and that's mine. And that's about purpose, about being on purpose, knowing your, your purpose, identifying your purpose. Do you want to do that at work, outside of work, a combination of both? Are you doing that? If not, why not? And then, of course, with that comes self-belief. So it's the self-belief and the confidence 
to be able to live that purpose. And because I really believe that we are on this earth to do a certain thing, to fulfill a purpose. And I think people are either unaware of that or scared or um, need a helping hand, need a bit of courage to go out and do that. So this is, this is a real driver for me. Mm. And then the third pillar is belong. And that's bringing together a group of what I call like-minded women. And we know what that means, but it's almost more than that. It's like thinking. It's, it's women who are seeking and striving for more or better or just more understanding and a, a bigger life maybe than they have. And bringing those women together to connect, to support each other, and to lift each other so that we can rise together, which is why the retreat's called Women Rising, mm. so that we can then go out into the world and live our purpose with passion and confidence, and then come back together a few times a year to deepen those friendships, support each other, share wins and joy, and then go out into the world again and then gather more women. So I see this as a real gathering and strengthening and lifting of women and, and offering what I and Julia know and have been learning over over 30 years, we've studied many different disciplines and schools of thought, and we've found techniques and tools that work for us that we're bringing. So the retreat will be about stillness. It will be about learning. There are sessions with me and sessions with Julia, sessions with the two of us. There'll be movement. There will definitely be rest and relaxation, um, how to calm your nervous system, amazing food, which is being cooked by a girlfriend of ours called Daphne. Um, time in nature, because we'll be in Devon, meditation, um, nothing to be worried about. Some people have never meditated. It won't be complicated. It will be very gentle, easy, just about becoming still, really. Some free time, tech-free time if you want it, and then joy and cake. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds, I mean, it sounds amazing. But also, just as you were speaking there, I was just thinking of what we've spoken about for the last hour. That's just bringing everything together, isn't it? It's bringing everything together, including what's so special is your friendship with Julia there, because that's just the, that's just the loveliest part of it all as well. Yes. It's so funny. And thank you so much for letting me talk about this. I feel really excited and really shy because yeah. I've never done a retreat before. Well, but brilliant. Julia, I met Julia on the six-month program. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I oh, forgot to say. Oh, wow. Nobody's that's, ever asked that. Hang on. Yeah. That's almost as good as Brian on the bus. <laughs> we did <laughs> So I met this girl. That's the and sequel, Renee. That's the sequel. We, we bared our souls on this course. So she and I became so close on that you know we were crying about this and that and you know it was insane and we became very close then so and we've taken this journey together and she's we've supported each other through everything so um that's amazing yeah that's so funny that is amazing i will you know make sure that the listeners do understand exactly you get i mean the level that you you've gone to um and have gone to but i mean for your acknowledgements who would you like to thank who are the people who have really helped you along the way well, that's the list is possibly endless. Mm. Um, and you know, it's like when you accept an award or you just saying to thank you for an event, you're always afraid you're going to leave someone out. But certainly it would start with my mom and dad, my siblings, and particularly my sister, Lauren, um, who I'm closest in age to, my husband, Brian, of course, Julia, um, who is 
as you know, my business partner now in Women Rising. And then all of the friends, I, I can't name them. There are just too many people from Anita Roddick to, you know, schoolhood, school, childhood friends who've supported and helped me along the way. All of the friends, employees, and strangers who have put positive energy behind my vision and dreams and either walked a part of the journey with me or supported me on the path. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I'd like to say thank you to you as well, Renee, because the work that you're doing, helping people like me and that it's, it's incredible. And not never once do you ever, you know, I know you never feel silly or stupid or I think we've got a bad idea. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's, it's just so, uh, especially when people feel very vulnerable, it's very easy that you could make people feel like that. So thank you very much for thank everything you. you're doing. I appreciate that. And just very finally, because I know we're running out of time, I normally ask at this stage, about your advice for somebody looking for like how do they find what they want to do but I'm going to ask you something different Uh today because something you've touched on when you talk about self-belief because I think this is something pretty much everyone listening to we all struggle with how do you find it Renee how do you find how do we find our self-belief and our deep down root of self like you have well I have tools and techniques for that you know there are workshops and things that people can do for that but I think if you can get to a place so what one of the most important things to realize is the mind is a powerful and not necessarily a good thing thoughts are not positive and negative can be um can ruin our lives and and ruin our potential and a thought is not a fact okay a thought is a thought a belief is a belief it's not a real even if two million people believe it it's not a fact so If you can get past the thoughts, and there's work that I do about getting to your core self, your true self, that is the truth of who you are. The problem is we're afraid we're not that person. So we have all kinds of negative thoughts about who we might be and fears about who we might be. And we often project, you know, we're trying to hide that. So we project something else onto the world. But in your core, as I said, and I I know this to be true, and it's funny because it doesn't matter if you believe it, it is true. And if you do believe it, you can free your life. So why not believe it? you are enough you have everything inside of you to live to your full potential and purpose and as i said earlier you're here for a reason your being here on this earth in this amazing body that you should take care of is not an accident you have come with a gift for the world and i say so get out there and give it to the world yeah I need it and just very finally so if somebody then wants to know what that purpose is where do they begin really where do they begin well it's funny Ellie I get asked that so many times I I have a lot of women who come to me and say I know I don't want to do what I'm doing now mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to start my own business it and that isn't right for everyone you know I don't I, I don't say go start a business but they say, I, I just don't even know where to start. And I get all this advice from people. And that always makes me nervous because I think pe- people love telling people what to do. And I never do that. I pull out what's inside of you. So I've actually developed an hour conversation around purpose because I have so many people come to me and say, I don't know what I want to do. Can you help me? So it's about, you know, and you can do this on your own, but often it's nice to do it with the support of someone. But it's about going deeply inside of yourself and asking, what do you want? What did you, and sometimes it means going back to when you were a kid. Was there something you wanted to be when you were a child? And some well-meaning person said, oh, you don't want to do that. 
you know, they work really long hours and you thought, oh, and your dream just went poof. Mm -hmm. Or someone mean said, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. And it's going, it can be going back to that. Sometimes it can be just about being really honest with yourself about what you do want and recognizing that there may be fear around taking that into the world, but that's just fear. And, you know, you can deal with fear, but it's about searching your heart or working with someone to determine what that is. Because I think a lot of people know, and it's funny because I've had people come to me and say, would you do that process with me? And I'm like, yeah, it's only an hour. And they're, they say, what? It's an hour? You know, I've spent 30 years or something. And I, I think it's because often people don't sit down and think about it and go deeply into themselves, either alone or with someone else, to get to the heart of a problem. And then just all you're doing is problem solving. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's inquiry. It's neutral inquiry um, for yourself. And I think often we know the answer. It's such good advice, Renee. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me your time. And thank you. I would absolutely give you a straight A for this interview, Renee. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. You're so funny. Uh, thank you so much for being such a fabulous guest on the next chapter. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, Ellie. Okay, so there you go. I mean, what did you think? Oh, I'm just so pleased. I could introduce you to Renee. I just find so much of what she says so liberating and her lessons really are life-changing. I mean, there's just so much to take from this and I hope you found it as helpful as I did. I mean, I just always love that. Our thoughts are not fact. I mean, I know it, it's simple, isn't it? But we all do it and those fears and those negative thoughts, well, they just stop us doing so much. But it's time to let them go. Now, if you want to find out more about Renee and her work and her wonderful retreat, well, I've put all her contact details in the show notes and I know she'd love to hear from you. I'll be back very soon with series nine of the next chapter. But in the meantime, go on, ask yourself, what is it? What is it I really want to do and why do I want to do this? I think you can do it and Rennie does too. Speak soon.